Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. I'm Bill Kasky. Brian Neal, eating mouth shark. Yeah, I noticed that's very <laughs> professional, Brian. Very, very professional. And we'll be your host for today's episode. You can check out the products page on our website. That's advancedsellingpodcast.com. A couple of products here you should know about all in a comprehensive training solution for salespeople and the Advanced Selling Podcast Resource Toolkit. We're also on the road as usual, Advanced Selling Podcast coming to a town near you. We're booking for this year and next spring, too, for sales meetings, trade shows, any kind of meeting you want to have us come out. Send an email to listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Love it. We have a new, uh, really, I'm really excited about this. This is a great sponsor. It's Fresh Books. They're brand new on our team. Uh, they just came on board this first time, and uh, we're just really thrilled to have them. They're great people. They do a lot of podcast advertising, and they're just really friendly people there. Uh, they have a burning question for all of you, though, who are trailblazing freelance graphic designers. If you add up all the time you spend dealing with tedious business administration tasks and instead replace that with working on your pitch, which we'll teach you here, what would that mean to you? Less stress, more free time, more sales, more business, all the above? I can't get any higher. FreshBooks <laughs> thinks so, and they're on a mission to help you get there. Quick and customizable invoices. You can create and send really professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. I was once told that your invoice needs to be professionally designed because that's the last thing they see before they pay the bill. I like it. When you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can show you whether they've seen it, which puts an end to the guessing games. Also, working as a freelancer means your clients can be all over the world. FreshBooks lets you send invoices in the currency your clients work in. I love that which spares everyone the hassle of currency conversions, which Brian and I have talked about on this podcast Lots before. Lots of uh, currency it's, derivative it's discussions tedious. are on here. It's tedious. <laughs> FreshBooks helps you avoid having that awkward talk with your client about past due payments. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders, so you can spend less time chasing payments, more time working your magic. I love that. This is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do to save you a ton of time and stress. The good news, FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all advanced selling podcast listeners. One month. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com forward slash selling and enter advanced selling podcast in the how did you hear about us section. <sighs> Brian. That was a good read. I have a good some trivia. I, this, I'm really I excited. Love, it's in, we're going to make this like an episode-ish kind of like I a, think once a month I'll that. go through some things. And I know how into music you are and I am Very. too. Now, the challenge with some of these I'm going to give you is they're not all 90s because I know you're a big fan of the 90s. I like the 90s and the but, 80s. But and the, some of these are from the 70s too. That's okay. I'm a big okay. 70s fan. But you were a DJ in a former life. I was in college. In college. Yep. So Maybe you probably know DJ and parties. So I'm going to play the, just I picked out five or six seconds of the I song. Like Yep. And then I'll play it, and then you tell me whether you know it. If you don't know it, I'll go to an eight-second clip, and okay. then we'll hear the thing. Okay. Title so. and artist? Title and artist is fine. You don't need year and all that. Just title okay. and artist. Got Here it. we go. Yep. It sounds so um, uh, Three Dog Night-ish to me. Mm-hmm. Or it's or uh, the guy who plays the keyboard, uh, like uh, not Green Bomb, not that um, Sydney. Or no, 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 the, the blonde-haired guy. Oh man, I. Oh yeah, it does sound like them. It does sound like that, doesn't it? Oh um, wait a minute, it Ryan, might be right band. It might be. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, here's here's another clip okay, that's yep, a little yep, bit yep, longer. Yep, so here we go. Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, oh, man. 
<laughs> You've heard the song. Oh, of course I have. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. I'll give you the last one here. Okay. This, uh, this will get you. Got it? Green-eyed lady, lovely lady. Yeah. Strolling Band. They had two hits. Green-eyed lady. And I know there are people that are yelling out right now. Green-eyed lady. They had two hits. Um, and I think the second hit was the one you was the one were I was singing. singing earlier. I think. So it's not Three Dog Night. Blood, not Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Sugarloaf. Sugarloaf. Ah, and yeah, wasn't yeah. the second song, Don't Call the, Us, We'll Call You? Yeah, yeah. Don't Call so, Us, We'll Call but You. But wasn't, yeah. wasn't that what you were Sugarloaf? I don't know. I don't know. Dang, that's good. Anyway. I think I have Sugarloaf on my iPad. Or iPod. I have an yeah. iPod, an actual iPod, an yeah. old one. And I've got like six. Well, I figured songs, that's a classic 1970s song. That's song. good. So you like that? Dang. Yeah, we'll do that again Love sometime. That. I got a couple others queued up for you here. Okay. So in the meantime, uh, if you're um, feeling like there aren't enough hours in the day, speaking of songs, even when you're working past the air quotes nine to five, great movie, great song by Dolly Parton. You're still making time-consuming trips to the post office. You need a better way. Use Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, get the postage you need the instant that you need it. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your computer and printer. It's super quick, super easy. You'll save money with Stamps.com, too. Just a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. Plus, you'll get special postage discounts you can't even get at the post office. You know by now, listening to the show, that we are big Stamps.com fans and users here at the Advanced Selling Podcast, and we do not. We are banned from going to the post office anytime. I got seen one time at a post office about three months ago, and I haven't been back since. Right now, sign up for Stamps.com and use our promo code Advanced Selling for this special offer. Get a four-week trial plus a $110 bonus offer, including postage in a digital scale. Get started with Stamps.com today. Within minutes, you'll be printing postage right from your desk. Go to Stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Advanced Selling. That's Stamps.com. Enter Advanced Selling. We are speaking today with Michael Reynolds, and uh, Michael is the CEO of SpinWeb, which is a digital marketing agency located here in Indianapolis, Indiana. The way I got in touch with Michael first is uh, I called a friend of mine, Doug Carr, who's a listener, and he's been on the podcast, I think, once, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, once. he was. And ask him, who knows Facebook advertising better than anybody on the planet? He said, one guy... John, oh no, one guy, <laughs> Michael Reynolds. So I reached out to you, Michael, and we're uh, talking about some uh, Facebook opportunities with our company. But we are delighted to have you on the show, and we're going to talk. The topic today is how to do pre-call prep so you do not annoy your prospects. Is that fair? <laughs> that is fair. And by the way, I'll back up and say you were almost right when you said the Facebook expert is John, and then to me, actually, John Loomer is who I learned most of my stuff. <laughs> oh, so you're okay. actually correct well, without knowing yeah. it. John Loomer uh, at johnloomer.com is where I kind of learned most of my Facebook stuff, and he's got it. His whole business is Facebook training. So oh, okay. uh, I will I will say I'm, I'm a, maybe a distant number two or three to John, but uh, <laughs> I am pleased that I've gotten a reputation for being pretty good at Facebook advertising. So yeah, that is something I, I focus on. But I love our topic today. Indeed, I like. Uh, I like where we're going with the topic. So yeah, well, let's uh, let's do it. Well, before we get into that though, in your bio, which you have a really nice bio, and people when we interview them, some bios are okay, some are a little wordy, but yours is funny. And it's what's funny about it is that it says Michael is firmly in defense of using only one space after a period. That is true. So you got to tell <laughs> us about that. Why so, you're so? Why you'll go to the whole, gray for that? Yeah, this whole thing with one versus two spaces. So like, there's a whole camp of people that 
they were taught growing up in typing class to hit two spaces after a period. And so yes. they hang on to that old-fashioned methodology. Right. Like, they just cling to it for dear life. And that two spaces after a period was only necessary back in the day when fonts were only a monospace. Pica. You had, yeah, Pica yeah, typewriters. Elite you know, ten. Courier font was the default. Yeah. So there was, you know, there was no way to differentiate you know, breaks between sentences beyond two spaces with, after a period. So now we don't need that anymore. Fonts are variable spacing. Uh, it looks weird online. So there's no reason to use two spaces. So the world needs to learn collectively <laughs> that it's one space after a period, and that is correct. And if you're not doing that, you're just wrong. All so, right. Well, that does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. No, I'm kidding. That's really, really – I didn't know why. I love the backstory of why. And in his bio – he is a man of his word. No extra spaces. So I might start a little movement that says there's no space after a period. You just have to figure it out on your own, right? Clutter it all up. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'll be yeah. a rebel, a grammar I think rebel. It runs together, one big. Yeah. Well, line. on the iPhone, I have to do two spaces because it inserts a period. You have to tap tap. I have twice. to tap twice. Yep. Does that give me? Does that give me two spaces or just one? That gives you one. Oh, it, it does. Okay. Space. Okay. Yeah, it converts the double space I into got a you. period okay. space. So you're good. You God, can continue. Double tapping away. Well, tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you came up in the digital world and what you're up to now, and then we'll get into the topic. Yep. Sure. I've been in the uh, business for about 20 years. I started the uh, the company, a digital marketing agency called SpinWeb, 20 years ago uh, in a dorm room at Ball State University. So that was kind of a fun dot com startup story, um, you know, back in the day. And uh, now we've grown to 20 people. Uh, we're really, really good at focusing on uh, conservative industries like financial services, like banks and credit unions, hospitals, government, stuff like that, you know, manufacturing. So that's kind of what we do. And I personally uh, have, you know, like I said, launched the company back then, been with it ever since. We're kind of a, a weird marketing and tech company in that we've been doing what we've done for so long under the same name. We haven't gotten bought or sold or bought other companies or rebranded. We're we're pretty consistent, and uh, and I kind of like that. We've got a lot of experience and consistency behind us. So um, that's kind of our short story, um, kind of where we are. Excellent. Good, good, good. Well, when we talked, um, I, you know, in our podcast, we're always endeavoring to bring uh, – <laughs> To bring new voices in, and, and these new voices have to really be new voices. They can they can be um, older voices, but in terms of the content and the modern approach, and so that's why I was really interested in having you on our show because you bring some uh, more modern efforts and more modern strategies to this game of selling. And a big part of our audience is salespeople, but there's no reason why salespeople shouldn't understand Facebook, shouldn't understand pre-call prep and all the other things you talk about. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on why you picked the topic, how to do pre-call prep so you don't annoy your prospects? <laughs> yeah, I think this was just based on my experience of me ranting on, you know, some stuff happens to me. So you know, I haven't, just like you and everybody else, I get sales calls from people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, probably like like the two of you as well, I like to take sales calls and be respectful to salespeople because, you know, I'm in sales as well. I have people here in sales and I want them to be treated with respect. So, you know, I'll, I'll take calls, I'll talk to people, I'll kind of hear what they have to say. But so much of the time, I just want to just claw my eyes out because the first <laughs> question they ask is you might guess. Well, I'll, I'll let you guess. What do you think the first question they ask? Hey, Michael, how you doing? And then they ask what? So tell me a little bit about your business. Exactly. Tell me about your business. Mm -hmm. Did yep. you not go to my website? Right. <laughs> right. Couldn't find so, it. Couldn't find no. it. Yeah, couldn't find it. So it just um, it kind of spawned this thinking of, you know, why don't more salespeople start the conversation further along no. by doing good pre-call research mm. before starting the conversation? Excellent. So. 
you know, most business owners and, and people like me that might be called on by salespeople are pretty, you know, we're pretty low attention span. We're pretty busy. You know, we got a lot, long list of stuff to do, just like you to do. I'm sure you've got a lot of, a lot of stuff on your plate. And the last thing I really want to do is spend, you know, five or 10 minutes going back and forth teaching someone about my business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's time for that later if we do business together and that's appropriate. But I would much rather see someone that is trying to, you know, engage with me um, to prove they've done research in advance. So, you know, when I call on somebody, um, the first thing I do is go to their website. I want to mm-hmm. look all through their website. I want to see what they do, who they serve, who their clients are, uh, what they say about themselves, um, all the different product and service lines they have. I want to learn as much as possible. And then uh, I want to go to LinkedIn. I want to find, you know, about the person I'm talking to. I want to figure out who they are and what their, you know, accreditations are and certificates and interests and skills and connections. I want to learn that stuff. I might go to Facebook. I might go to Twitter. And I might go to my uh, sales tool. I use HubSpot Sales. And so HubSpot gives you some nice tools where you can see the annual revenue of companies you're working with. You can see all sorts of information. Um, that's the kind of stuff that helps make a really good uh, sales call kind of off on the right foot because instead of starting the conversation with, hey, tell me about your business, you're starting with, hey, it looks like you guys were in the news last week for this. And I'm noticing that you know you have these products and these service lines. Am I right in thinking that X, Y, Z? And you can kind of start the conversation much further ahead. Really, really good. And uh, this is great stuff. That, that, that the buyer's perspective is so beneficial. We just got a note from an, old, an older episode, yes. right? One of a new listener, binge listening, heard an episode we did from like 2012 and we interviewed a buyer. And this is kind of another one of those, Michael. This is great. So what when you think about the prep that you do, here's one of the, the – traps that that comes along with what you're doing what you're doing is great i love that idea how do you keep from um either one making assumptions so assuming something via what you find out in your research that may be wrong and or two making not appearing that you've like um stalked the person how do you manage those two things yeah i think it depends on the industry you're in as well um because i'm in b2b typically you know we only do business with other other businesses so i'm guessing a lot of your listeners are you know, kind of all across the board. Some are in B2C probably, calling on consumers. That's probably not going to work for consumers. So no. I probably wouldn't recommend doing that. That would be stalking. Be that, right? would be, that would be could stalking. Could go to jail. That would be it. Yeah. We want to avoid that if possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think I'm going to kind of segment mine to say it's really kind of my rant is more about B2B. And mm-hmm. a lot of times it's software companies especially that'll, you know, that's where um, I'm already interested in the product. So I want to start talking about, you know, the product itself. I don't want to kind of go into my business. And so, uh, when it comes to how to balance and not make assumptions, I think I like to balance the the research with questions. So you you make a very good point that you know the last thing I want to do is just assume something and say, well, here's here's what, what it looks like, right? And then you know that kind of can be off putting. So mm-hmm. I like to use my research to help me ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And so you know, going a little deeper sometimes, if you're doing any kind of uh, lead generation or even passive lead generation, like you have eBooks or guides or webinars that you've allowed your prospects to subscribe to, you can kind of see, you can build a profile on people as they start to give you more information and kind of move around in your website. And you can see what they look at. And, and you don't want to, you know, start up asking questions like, hey, it looks like you're interested in this. Right. You might right. frame it as, um, hey, t- you know, a lot of our clients, when they come to our website, they look at stuff like this. You know, that seems like it might apply to you. Is that right? And kind of be very, mm-hmm. very question oriented about it. Would you like agree that. with that? Or does that seem to, to be a yeah. good way to approach it? 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. I really like that. Where does the, so if I'm calling on an industry, let's say, um, I don't know, um, you know, just pick one. Typewriter. Well, (laughs) I'm kidding. That was a callback. But pick a, pick an industry. Shouldn't I, as a sales professional who's really doing the research, do all what you talk about here? But if I don't know much about it, shouldn't I Google like trends in that industry or common problems facing the maintenance business? Or because might that give me not about this company, but about the context of where they exist and what some of the trends are? I mean, yeah, that can be a good idea. And actually, I like to use Google alerts for that. A lot of times, okay. uh, I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with Google Alerts. You yep. probably use it yep, in your own absolutely. business as well, and so um, maybe some of your listeners do as well. But it'd be um, a good practice in general to set up alerts for keywords and industry terms that you're working in, and just kind of see what's in the news. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing on Twitter; you can set up Twitter alerts and kind of see what's going on in the industry. So. You know, going back to typewriters, I know it's kind of a joke, but <laughs> let's say you're selling typewriters. You know, obviously you might want to, you know, look at typewriter public relations and stories about typewriters and, you know, what legislation is saying about typewriters and, you know, that kind of thing can yeah. give you a lot of background information. So that's good. That. That's good. What, what's an example of, uh, you said the, the inspiration for your rant here on this is you being called on by people. And I, I respect the idea. I love when CEOs of companies are open to that, when they take sales calls. Um, let's play the other side of that. What is some things other than what you maybe have said before that have really been um, a positive in your eyes when someone has come in and you said, okay, I wish all sales calls were like this. Is there something the salesperson that called on you recently did or the way they set things up or you were impressed by or you thought, man, that's a really good idea or even stole the idea from them? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I can't think of like a specific detail but I will go to kind of the general tone. Um, mm. And this is probably not, you know, rocket science to anyone. I'm sure you guys are, you know, your listeners are experts at this already. But um, I kind of joke sometimes that I'm really bad at sales, but somehow I win business anyway. And mm. I think it's just because I, I, like to, I like to see authenticity. I like to see mm-hmm. sincerity. Yep. And so I'm pretty decent at picking up on some of the tactics that I know that people are using, like, you know, when they're, you know, trying to sandler me by redirecting or when they're using my name over and over in a, in a conversation, you know, I can kind of sense that stuff. And so I feel awkward using it as well. I'm just, I probably am really, again, I can use your help probably, Bill. So, you know, you need to probably give me some training, but you know, I, when I call on people, I'm pretty blunt. I'm like, Hey, here's what we do. We're really good at it. Like, do you want us to do it for you? And like, <laughs> that's kind of the approach I take. And seems to work, doesn't it? It seems to work a lot of times. So I yes. really value authenticity and just speaking like a human. Um, so much of the time I get calls from sales professionals who are trying too hard. Yeah. Um, you can tell they're trying to follow tactics they've been taught in sales training. Yeah. And I'm not saying tactics in sales training are bad. They're actually very good and they've helped us quite a bit here. But I think the trick is to use the tactics and internalize them as part of your behavior mm-hmm. and not follow them as a formula. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we talk on the podcast a lot about this idea of intent. What is your intent when you make a call? And if your intent is to sell something, it will show. And if your intent is really just to get to know the person and see if there's anything that he or she needs that I can supply, then maybe there's a fit and there's maybe there's not. So I think it's the rewiring of the mindset that really it, – it, it, you don't need a lot of tactics if your mindset is proper. And yeah, from, I would from, agree. from what I remember when we, you first uh, reached out to me after I emailed you, you had gone to the website, you had checked out some things, so I didn't feel like I was having to explain anything to you. So you were congruent with that, and I, 
So I think that's an awesome. I mean, it's so simple. I know. And yet we don't do it. I know. We don't do it. <laughs> hey, let's switch gears just really quickly here to talk about Facebook. You know, we've got uh, Brian and I each have a client base, and we, of course, have the podcast clients that we work with. Facebook uh, is starting to become more of a tool, I think, for sales professionals. And so yeah. can we can we borrow some of your expertise and give us maybe give us some ideas on how I can better use Facebook, either a business page on Facebook uh, or some other way to expand my reach, to position myself better, to connect with people, prospects and customers. Give us give us some of your philosophies on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Um so I'm going to try to kind of break out a really simple example that might work for a lot of your listeners when it comes to using Facebook to generate leads and to prospect. So, so first of all, I'll back up just a second. And, and yeah, I agree. Facebook is becoming more of a business tool. LinkedIn is kind of the default business tool people think of most. But when it comes down to it, people don't log into LinkedIn like they do on Facebook. They're on mm-hmm. Facebook every day. They might log into LinkedIn when they change jobs. <laughs> That's about it. You know, they, they don't really spend a lot of time hanging out there usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but people hang out on Facebook. And so if you want to go where the people are, Facebook is, is where they are. So you know, a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of professionals now making their Facebook profiles look more like a LinkedIn profile. These are professional photo. They've got a professional cover photo. Um, they really kind of are careful about what they post. They make it a little more, a little more polished. And I think that's a good thing for a lot of people. I think it's working very well because you can make your Facebook profile then public and use it as a kind of a another type of business profile on the web. So, so yeah, I agree that Facebook is, is great for business. So um, I've actually helped a couple of people do uh, set up this simple formula or simple example to start using Facebook to, to prospect. So anyone can do this as long as you have access to or permission from your company or whoever to kind of you know go through the motions of this. Um, start by giving something of value. Um, it can be a simple download, it can be a video, it can be whatever, and set up a Facebook page. And I'm seeing a lot of people do this really well. They set up a Facebook page as a salesperson, and it says, you know, my name, blah, 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 whatever your, you know, persona or brand is as a salesperson. And use that as your advertising platform and start to run sponsored campaigns through your page that promote a specific thing of value. And the thing of value can be, like I said, a PDF download, um, a guide to doing something, a checklist, something that your industry values that you can teach that they don't mind giving up an email address for free. You know, it's mm-hmm. basic inbound marketing. It's kind of the, you know, the gated content offer kind of philosophy. It's very simple. So by doing that on Facebook, you, you set up your, your offer using like, a, like lead pages or some simple landing page or form stack or something. And then what's nice about Facebook is you can find demographics and target markets really, really well on Facebook. So if you want to find um, the practice manager of medical practices, you can find them on Facebook and you can build a profile of people and run your campaign to those people. If you want to find CFOs at construction companies, you can find them on Facebook. If you want to target people that work at specific companies, you can find those people and build groups of those people. You can then run your campaign to target this offer directly toward the exact personas of the people that you want to reach and generate leads by giving them a chance to opt in to download the offer and go into your database. At that point, you're building your own prospecting list of people that have given you first name, last name, email, maybe phone number if you're asking for it. And 
you don't have to buy a list anymore. You prospect and build your own list of people that have already heard about you, download your information, have something to read that has your brand in it already, and it's a much warmer prospecting list than most cold callers have. So do I have to send them out of Facebook to capture their email address, or can I do it right there? You can do it right there with what's called lead ads. Oh, that's I love lead ads. They're actually brand new as of like you know, a few months ago. Um, with a lead ad, you can allow them to click one button, and it pops up a confirmation, and it automatically fills in their first name, their last name, their email address, their phone number if you ask mm. for it, their company name. Anything you ask for, it'll autofill and they can just click a second time without typing anything, and they will opt in right there for the offer right within Facebook without leaving Facebook. Wow. So it's a really wow. simple formula to kind of get started with doing a little bit of lightweight inbound marketing as a sales professional on your own. Is there a uh, concern if I own a company, or if I work for one, I guess it's either way, that I'm going to be out of brand? Like, Would you recommend that a sales uh, team do this all in line with their brand strategy and their VP of marketing, or would you recommend they do it on their own? Uh, I think it's always best to follow the brand strategy if possible. The reason I say if possible is because I've worked with some industries where, you know, let's say you've got a, like a mortgage agent, for example, and they're one of thousands of mortgage agents for this national company. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not violating any brand guidelines by going on their own, but they're mm-hmm. not really getting support from their marketing team because it's this centralized corporate marketing team that's not doing this stuff. And so I've helped agents like that you know, build their own Facebook page, build their own offer, generate leads on their own. And they are within compliance, but they have to kind of do it on their own because their company isn't supporting them. So that's not the ideal scenario, but it's possible to do. I always prefer following brands. So I would say as a first step, yes, go to your marketing department and say, hey, I'd like to do this. Is there a precedent in the company for doing this? Can we make this happen you know, from a centralized support system? That's always preferable because I believe in following brand guidelines for your company. I think most brands, I've got a couple of examples of that. I may have, may have shared one with you uh, on our phone call that most brands are like okay with that, especially if they're, they kind of are entrepreneurial in nature and they're not too hung up on, well, how big is the logo? Does it fit within the guidelines? Right. Uh, but, but it has to, but I've got several clients who are doing it and they're really starting to see results and uh, they just went to their marketing people, and their marketing people were like, yeah, we're not doing it, so heck yeah, it's, it's, it's a way to generate leads. Let's do it. That's great. Yeah, that's great if that happens. Um, I think I'm a little jaded because I work in, like I said, financial and a lot that's of- That's pretty conservative. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah. so you can't really do anything in those industries. So I think I might be a little jaded, but you're right. If, it's, if the marketing department is flexible and says, hey, it looks like you're making money and generating leads and you have our blessing, that's, that's a great thing because at the end of the day- <laughs> We want people to succeed, right? We want yep. salespeople to win. And if that helps them win, hey, that's a good thing. Yeah, everyone says that. But then when it gets to, well, I'm going to put up a Facebook page. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Whoa, what are you going to do now? And, <laughs> yeah. and usually it's a lack of understanding that's at the issue, It's at the core problem is the right. VP of marketing doesn't really understand it. But, hey, Michael, we've uh, really enjoyed having you. How can people get in touch with you or read? I know you've got a blog. You've got a podcast called Spin Radio. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll leave one simple call to action to kind of a good starting point, and that'll be the podcast. Um, so if you go to spinweb.net/radio, um, that'll be the landing page for our podcast. Okay. It's called Spin Radio. It's kind of a um, not so clever play on our company name, but uh, we talk about uh, digital marketing and sales a little bit as well. And so again, that's spinweb.net/radio. And that'll be a good way to subscribe and, and get to know us. And I, I'm easy to find as well. I'm just at michaelreynolds.com. You can find me there too. Perfect. You're just going to have to have us on sometime, I think. 
Yeah, that's what do you plan. think, Brian? We're available. Yeah. Kind of boring uh, guests, but we're available. We're my, uh, my co-host, Abby, will love that. She handles the sales side of the equation while I handle the marketing side. There so we'd love that. Oh, we'd love That'd to. That'd be fun. Well, Michael, thanks again for your great advice and uh, for for all you do for the community and also in the digital marketing and Facebook area. We appreciate you. And thanks for uh, being on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you both. You've got okay. a great podcast. Thanks, thanks, thanks again. Thanks, appreciate man. Appreciate thank it. You. All right. That's great stuff. As always, that does it for today's episode. If you haven't downloaded a free copy of our Ultimate Pregame audio program, go do that right now. Just go to ultimatepregame.com to find it. And if you haven't thought about bringing us out to your company to work with your sales team, you really, really, really should. Only one really, but I wow. added three. three. Uh, we're on the road booking. Just send us an email. Just see what it's like. Just inquire. Just get the conversation started. An email to listener at com. We will start that process, and that is it. We will see you next time for the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast.